Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Masech is Gitin is Daf Pei Gimel 83. We're beginning seven lines from the top of Pei Gimel Amid Aleph at Tan Rabbanan. We're going to have four parts in today's Daf. The first is going to be the challenges posited against Rabbi Yezer's position we had yesterday. Specifically, four Zikainim are going to challenge his position. We'll go through each of the challenges, show why three of them are refuted, understand the positions, but show why they're refuted. And then within this uh, section, well, that'll be the second point, when we go through and understand the positions and why they're refuted. The second point we're going to do is to show why their position of Lesbian Azaria, um, excuse me, no, the second point is going to be Rabbi Yeshua says that there's a another challenge, and we'll show what his challenge is exactly. The third section is going to be understanding the position of Rabbi why in the case of Chutz, it could be removed if she remarries. We'll explain that and understand the challenge against that. And the final section is going to be the position that is upheld, that challenges Rabbi Lezer, which is Rabbi ben Azariah, and then a couple of following halachas that have to do with this concept of krisis that relate to that challenge. So just to recap, to remember where we're holding, we had a machlokas in the mission at the beginning of the parak, uh, the dafago, on Pebez Aleph. If a person gives a get to his wife and he says, you're divorced from me, you're permitted to everyone besides for one person. So the machlokas. Rabbi Eliezer said that is an effective get. The Rabbana said it's not an effective get. Now we had two versions of under what scenario the debate is. According to our mission, it was where he says chutz. You're permitted to everyone besides for one person. According to the Brisa, which was it's in a case of Al-Minas, when he said, you're permitted to everyone on condition you don't marry that person. And we explained what the differences were yesterday. Today, the Gemara shows us that there's four Tanoim that challenge the position of Rabbi Yezer. After his death, they came in and they said, how could you possibly say such a get, which is called in, in, in the Gemara, it's called Shior, where you leave out one person, that's an effective get. And we'll see they argue four different positions, in, in meaning four different angles. So the Gemara says, Son Rabbanan, says the Brisa. After the Yezer passed away, four Zakanim entered to challenge his words, to respond to his position. How can you say this type of a get is effective? Eluhenis were the four Zakanim, Rabbi Yossi Aglili, Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Yezer ben Azaria, Rabbi Akiva. Now let's go through each of their arguments, and then we'll go through in the Gemara and explain them thoroughly. So, man, Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon was the first one. He lifted his voice, and he challenged Rabbi Yezer, saying this gets effective from the following question. Let's say this woman who was divorced and she was prohibited. Let's just Reuven. She was prohibited. You're permitted to everyone besides for Reuven. So she went and married Reuven's brother Shimon. Okay, now she was allowed to marry Shimon. But then Shimon died without children. What's the halacha if Shimon dies without children? She falls to Reuven for Yibum. But the condition made by the original husband makes it Shimon, uh, Reuven cannot do Yibum because she's prohibited to Reuven. So says Rabbi Tarfon, if Rabbi Eliezer's position is true that that gets effective, so then it's, it'll come out that that get 
disallows her from getting Yibam from Reuven. So it must be, that doesn't make sense. Halamadita, this teaches us, that's not an effective separation, that get can't be effective, because otherwise it would turn out later, through causation, she won't be able to fulfill this mitzvah with the Yavam. So it must be, that's not an effective get. Now we're going to analyze this in the Gemara, let's just go through the positions. Okay, number two. Lifted his voice and he said a second challenge against Matsinu, Where do we find that a person is prohibited to this and permitted to that? Meaning, in this case, prohibited to that one man that he precluded with the get, but permitted to everyone else. When she's prohibited or they're prohibited, it's prohibited to everything or everyone. And permitted people are permitted entirely. So it doesn't make sense that such a get would be effective and create this dichotomy of sorts. Alamadata teaches you, that's not an effective get, it doesn't separate. So that was the second challenge. Third challenge. Then Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah, Rabbi ben Azariah lifted his voice and challenged Rabbi Eliezer, and he said, the Torah calls it krisis. The Torah says there has to be a total separation, cutting, meaning a total separation between husband and wife for a get to be effective. It has to be something that separates entirely between the husband and the wife. And here, it's not a total separation because for the rest of their lives, she will be prohibited to a certain person because of the original kiddushin of this fellow. So it must be that's not considered a krisus, and that's not effective. Now Rabbi Akiva is going to bring two arguments, and we'll analyze in the Gemara why he brings both. Nen Rabbi Akiva, Va'am Rabbi Akiva, argued first position. He said like this, Let's say this woman was divorced, and she was prohibited again to Reuven via this get. She went and married someone else, not his brother, just some other person not, not related to him. She had children with that second husband, perfectly acceptable, and then she's widowed a divorce from the second husband. Then she gets up after the second marriage and marries the, sec- the third, the, as a third marriage, the fellow that she had been prohibited to marry from the get of the first marriage. So the Gemara says, well, what will happen now? It'll turn out that she negates the get that happened from the first marriage, and it'll turn out if she had children in the second marriage, they're mamzerim. So, loy nimza, would it not turn out, get batal, but now mamzerim, that the get would have been batal retroactive, and the children of the second marriage are mamzerim. So, says Rabbi Akiva, that's impossible. The Torah wouldn't allow such a get, the Chacham wouldn't allow such a get that could create such an issue. That can't be considered a krisus, challenging Rabbi Yezer. Davar acher. Now, the Gemara says a second question against Rabbi Yezer. We'll see why he needed both. Let me explain this outside, and then we'll see it inside, because it's a little complicated here. <clears throat> we learned on the previous daf that in a scenario where a man gives a get to his wife, and he doesn't permit her to marry anyone, he says, you're divorced from me, and you're not permitted to marry anyone. Allah is, she immediately becomes prohibited to Kohanim. Why? So one of the, the reason is because the Pasuk tells us, Isha grusha me Isha. As long as she's divorced from her husband, even if it doesn't have the full effects of divorce that she's actually permitted to marry anyone, because he stipulated and you're prohibited, the halacha is she's still prohibited to Kohanim. Okay. Well, it's not so obvious because it's not a normal case of divorce. <coughs> Only a divorced woman is prohibited to Kohanim. So here it's a unique, so that's, it's a unique situation though because usually divorce and being permitted to others goes hand in hand. So now, the point you see from there is that based on her being considered divorced, she's prohibited to Kohanim. So what the Gemara says is like this. 
In this case, let's say the fellow Reuven that we're talking about, who he prohibited her to marry, give her a get, and he said, you're <clears throat> permitted to everyone besides one person. He was a Kohen. Reuven was a Kohen. So let's speak this out. Reuven's a Kohen. The moment he gives such a get to her, regarding everyone else in the world, she's a divorced woman. Mm-hmm. She's permitted to everyone else. Yes, regarding yeah. Reuven the Kohen, what is her status now? Married. She's an Eshesish. She's a married woman. Yeah. Right. So Rabbi Kiva's second argument is like this. If we apply the divorce status that is effective regarding everyone else to the Kohen, like I just spoke out before, and she'll become prohibited to the Kohen because in a certain way she's considered divorced. Now, Grusha and a Kohen is an Isser, but it's just an Isser Lav. It's a low sase. It's a low-level Isser. If she's considered an Eishes Ish regarding the Kohen, Certainly, we should apply that to the rest of the people as well. And we should say, because that's a much more severe issue, she's not permitted to the rest of the people, and this get isn't effective either. That's Rikiva's second argument. If the one that was remaining usher to her was a Kohen, and then the person who divorced her ended up dying after divorce, so really, she should be viewed as a widow regarding the Kohen. Meaning really regarding the Kohen, she's considered a widow now because before she was divo- before the Kohen died, she, she was an Aishas Ish regarding the Kohen. Not the Kohen. Regarding the, the Kohen, she was an Aishas Ish. Now that her husband dies, she's like a widow. She's like a widow regarding that Kohen. The Grusha eats a Koladam. And now she's she's still a divorced woman regarding everyone else. That doesn't change. So Vikalvachomer. If so, we can state the following Kalvachomer. Ma Grusha Sheish Kala. Regarding the status of a divorced woman, divor- divorced woman in a Kohen is a less since in a certain way, a woman who's divorced, even if she's not permitted to anyone else, she's a divorced woman, we apply that to the Kohen, she's not allowed to be with the Kohen. So, regarding the status of Ish, we view her in relationship to the Kohen when he leaves the Kohen out of the divorce. So, certainly we should apply that to everyone else and say she's prohibited to everyone else as an Ish. So, the Gemara says, therefore, says Rabbi Akiva in the second argument, it shouldn't be an effective get and she should not be allowed to marry anyone else. Halamata Tashein Zakri says this is not a proper divorce. She's not divorced. Okay. After they, these four Chachamim, these four Tanoim, stated their challenges against Rabbi Yezer, Omar Lahen Rabbi Yashur, Rabbi Yashur responded to them and he said, you can't challenge, you can't respond to the lion after his death. Means Rabbi Yezer already passed away. If he would be here, he probably would respond to you. He could have some sort of a response. So you can't challenge him now that he's dead because he's not here to defend himself. Rava, Rava said, Kulu Rava said, actually, each of these four refutations on Rabbi Yezer's position have a refutation against the refutation. Means they can all be refuted. Besides the third one, which was Rebelez ben Azariah, who said that the Torah says krisus, it has to be a document of separation, and this is not considered a separation, to Leslie Pircha, there's no refutation to that. We'll see the strength of that argument in the Gemara. Tani nami hachi, and the Brisa supports this. Amr Yosi Rani, Estiv Rebelez ben Azariah, Midivri Kulan. I see the validity of Rebelez ben Azariah's argument more than the other three in the Brisa. Okay, let's move on to the second section. We're going to analyze each of these arguments now that are refuted. So we'll have to understand, A, why they're refuted. means each of these arguments, why they're not upheld. And also, B, we're going to have to understand, <clears throat> remember we said that the debate of Rebbe and the Rabbanan, according to the Mishnahs in the case of Chutz, 
according to the Brisa, is in a case of Almanas. So according to our mission, it's where he said, you're pro- permitted to everyone besides for that guy. And the Brisa said, it's on condition you don't marry that fellow. So we're going to go through each of them and say, what did they hold the position of Rebbe Yezer was in order to challenge Rebbe Yezer? Amar Mar, let's go for the first one. Men Rabbi Tarfim v'amar haresha halcha zu v'nisis la'achiv shalzesh in Esra. Alav, Rabbi says, Rabbi Yezer's position is not logical because if she would go and marry the brother of the fellow that she was prohibited to, umeis belobanim, and then her new husband died without children. Would it not turn out that the get of the original fellow uproots something from the Torah? Why is it uprooting? Because the brother of the second husband can't do yibum because she he is prohibited to this woman. Anything. I, mean, yeah, right, I guess you'd have to do right. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it creates an issue. Because he could do chalitza. It's not going to create an issue if he does it. But certainly he can't do yibum. Yeah, it doesn't create any problem. I mean, chalitza is not an iser. You could do it, but maybe it's not effective. But the point is, right, right. she's certainly not allowed to do yibum. If she's considered married to the first husband, then... No, after... Right, right, connected in regards to him. Yeah, right. yeah. So the Gemara says, I don't understand your <coughs> argument. Okay, is he uprooting yibum? Iu akar, is he uprooting it? He's not uprooting something from the Torah. It's causation, if anything, but he's not uprooting it directly. So Ella the Gemara says, what meant to say is, he's making a condition that will eventually, or could eventually, cause something in the Torah to be uprooted. So Gemara says, even that, is it true that he's making such a condition? Is he telling her that you only could marry the brother of that fellow? Meaning it's her fault. She should not have gone to marry the brother of the fellow who this get precludes her from being with. Yeah. She went and married the brother, creating a Yibam situation that's usher to her. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. So Elul Gemara says, Rabbi Tarfa meant to say, is gorim la'akar dav Torah. He's causing something to be uprooted from the Torah. It's true. It's indirect. But it's causation nonetheless. It's a causation of fault, I guess you could say. She, yeah, you're right. She could have married anyone. She married anyone else. You decide to marry the brother of the fellow that yeah. you're ushered to based on the get. So the Gemara says, but one second, Gorem, is that really a problem? Is there an issue really in causing a potential issue to occur, but not directly causing it? Because Elameyat, I'll show you a similar case. We know that the Gemara teaches us, actually, not only are you allowed to marry your niece, your brother's daughter, but there's a mitzvah to marry your niece. We find by Avram Avinu married Sarah, actually. So the Gemara says this, but wait a second. If you marry your niece, what ends up happening if you die without children? Not you. Someone dies without children. Yeah. She falls to Yibam to her father, which is obviously no mitzvah of Yibam. We learned to Masechus Yivamas. So you're ca- causing... Da- yeah, but we don't say that over there. So you see, it's not a problem. So what's the problem of Rabbi Tarfon? The Gemara says, A person shouldn't marry his niece. Because maybe he will die without children. And that'll cause something to be uprooted from the Torah. So the Gemara says, That is the refutation. That's why Rava said, Rabbi Tarfon's challenge against Rabbi Leza was refuted. Because you do see there's no issue of causing something to be uprooted from the Torah. So the Gemara says, Okay, fine. So you, I understand your refutation, Rabbi Tarfon. But Uvamai, even in the starting place, how did Rabbi Tarfon interpret Rabbi Eliezer's position? It means we have two ways of interpreting. Either they're arguing Rabbi Eliezer and the Rabbanon in a case of Chutz, or they're arguing in a case of Almanas. So how did he understand? If he understood that Rabbi Eliezer holds the get will be effective and she'll be prohibited in that fellow in a case of Chutz, when he said, you're permitted in everyone besides for Ploni. 
But Mishra Shah Rebelezer, actually, as we're about to show from Avraisa, Rebelezer would hold in such a case, she's permitted to do Yibum. Because what we're about to show is, Rebelezer, who says such a get would be effective, if she would marry someone else in between, the second marriage, not to that fellow, uproots, removes whatever conditions were made by the first marriage, permitting her to marry the person that had originally been prohibited in the case where you phrased it as chutz. So the Gemara says, then Yibam should be permitted. So then Rabbi Tarifan's challenge doesn't start. Tanya, as the Brisa teaches, Rabbi Eliezer concedes that where he says, I'm divorcing you besides for that fellow, and she married someone in between, means someone else, she was widowed or divorced, she's actually permitted now to marry that fellow that the original get had precluded her from marrying. Rashi says, the second one's marriage detaches her from the first marriage, and therefore she would be actually permitted to marry that fellow who she was originally prohibited to marry. So therefore, Bitarfan's question wouldn't start. Yeah, she could do Yibum, because now that second marriage removes her from the Isra of the se- of the third person that she wants to marry with Yibum now. So it can't be that Rabbi Tarfun interpreted Eliezer's position in a case of Chutz. Ella must be Ba'almanas. That Rabbi Tarfun interpreted Rabbi Eliezer held his position that gets effective in regards to Almanas. And in that case, it's a conditional thing. So if she doesn't if she goes and marries that guy with Yibam, it'll undo the get retroactively. That would actually be a problem, and that's Rabbi Tarfun challenged. Nonetheless, we refuted Rabbi Tarfun's challenge because we said we don't care about being gorim causation of Oker Dav Minatora. Okay, that was number one. Let's move on to the second challenge. Nen Rabbi Yosei Aglili v'Amar. Rabbi Yosei Aglili says the second challenge. Rabbi said like this. How could it be that she's prohibited to some and permitted to others? If she's prohibited, she's permitted to all, and, and prohibited prohibited to all or permitted to all. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Do we not find this dichotomy in other areas of halacha? It's prohibited to everyone, permitted to kohanim. You see clearly there are areas of halacha that have such a dichotomy, <coughs> these, two, these two factors. So the Gemara says, no, what Rabbi Yosei was asking was, regarding marriage law. Marriage law, we don't find such a dichotomy. So the Gemara says, Arayas, but it's not true. Look at the cases of Arayas when it comes to forbidden relationships. A woman's prohibited to her father, brother, uh, uncle, etc., but she's permitted to everyone else. So you see, in marriage law, there is such a dichotomy. No, regarding marriage itself, meaning when there's kiddushin involved. When someone gives kiddushin, we don't find this dichotomy where she's permitted to some, prohibited to others. But the, the epitome of marriage law is Eishas Ish. Mm-hmm. And the case of Eishas Ish, she's permitted to some, i.e. her husband, and she's prohibited to others. So what's your question, Rabbi Yossi Of course this dichotomy exists. That was the challenge against Rabbi Yossi You're saying, Rabbi Ezra can't, it doesn't make sense, this get should be effective. Yeah, it should be effective because there could be such a dichotomy, as is evidenced by Eishas Ish. So the Gemara says again, Uvamai. Now, according to Rabbi Yosei how did he interpret the debate Rabbi Yosei and the Rabbanon? Ilaim about Almanas. If it was a case of Almanas, it's a very interesting question here. If the case was Almanas and Rabbi Eliezer holds the get is effective, where he said, This is your get on condition you don't marry Plony. Now, note what I just said was, On condition you don't marry him. You don't marry that fellow. That's, mm-hmm. If that's Rabbi Eliezer says it's effective, so the Gemara says, wait a second. The problem is, when he says on condition you don't marry him, what happens with this get? 
this get makes it that she's permitted, no, no, she's not really permitted, she can't marry that other person. But if she goes and has relations with him, znus, just general znus, just a fling with him, it actually would be permitted. So what the Gemara says is, in a certain way, she's permitted to everyone, everyone else because of the get. In regards to that other fellow, she's not an ashes ish regarding znus. She's only an ashes ish that she can't marry that fellow. So therefore, what's your challenge that she's a surah to him? She's not a surah to him anymore. She's permitted regarding znus. It must be we're talking about a case of bachutz, meaning chutz, where, she, where he said they're permitted to everyone besides for him. And therefore, Rabbi Yosei didn't understand how there could be such a dichotomy that she's prohibited to him, permitted to everyone. That was his challenge, which we refuted because we said the dichotomy certainly exists. Okay, let's skip the third opinion now. Move on to the fourth, because the third is Rabbi Yosef Azariah, and he's actually upheld. So Rabbi Akiva had two challenges against Rabbi Yezer. The first one we said is Nana Rabbi Akiva Omar. Rabbi Akiva lifted his voice and he said, and this is the A, this is the first challenge against Rabbi Yezer. If she went, married someone else. And she had children with that fellow. And then she was widowed or divorced. And then afterwards, she married the fellow that this get had prohibited her to marry. It'll turn out retroactively, the get wasn't affected from the first marriage. And then the children from the second marriage become mamzerim. So the Gemara says, if that, that was Rabbi Akiva's first challenge against Rabbi Yezer. So the Gemara says, if that's a legitimate challenge, the kula tenai da al manami any condition a person makes a get conditional on, based on the get, she shouldn't be allowed to marry afterwards because we should be worried. Maybe she won't fulfill the condition. And then it'll turn out the get's butler and her children are And we never said that in the Masechta. We said if there's a condition, she can remarry. Just make sure you fulfill the condition. So the problem the Gemara is saying is if what you're challenging, Rabbi Eliezer, is based on the fact that the, the undoing of the condition will retroactively make her children mamzerim, so every condition shouldn't allow her to marry anybody <coughs> ever. And that's not true. That is the refutation against Rabbi Akiva's position. Again, Uvamais, the Gemara says, how did Rabbi Akiva in this first position interpret Rabbi Akiva? Again, if it's a case where the challenge was, the Machlokis was in a case of Chutz, like the Mishnah understands, so Mishra Shah Rabbi actually, Rabbi would hold, she's permitted to marry that fellow after the second marriage, like we spoke at before. Titania, as the Brysa says, If he makes the condition with the language of Chutz, and then she married a second person in between, was widowed and divorced from him, the second marriage undoes whatever bindings she had with the first fellow from the first marriage. So there shouldn't be any issue at all, and there's no mamzeris here, certainly. El Minas. Okay. So it must be that Rabbi Akiva, in the first challenge, interpreted Rabbi Yezer's position of get being effective in the case of Al-Minas, and then the conditional uh, tonight, the condition that he made would undo the marriage, creating mamzeris, which we just challenged and said, anyways, that's not a problem, because generally with the condition it will be fine, here it will be fine as well. Now, the second explanation Rabbi Akiva brought is a challenge against Rabbi Eliezer, which is, If the fellow that she was prohibited to was a Kohen, so you're permitted to everyone besides for removing the Kohen, and then afterwards the Megarish, the divorcer, died, it'll turn out 
She was before an Aishas Ish to the Kohen. Now she's a widow to the Kohen, but she's still a divorced woman regarding everyone else. But the key is, if she's a divorced woman regarding everyone else, the Kalva Chomer, we should be able to employ a Kalva Chomer. Uma Grusha Kala, regarding Grusha and a Kohen, it's a low level Isser, it's an Isser Lav, a low Sase. But in general, if a woman even has an element of divorce, we learn out from Isha Grusha Me Isha, even if she's just divorced from her husband but not permitted to others, she's prohibited to Kohanim because of that low level Isser. So where she's considered an Aishas Ish regarding the Kohen because she's not divorced regarding him, in this case, certainly she should be considered an Aishas Ish regarding the other people because of the severity of Aishas Ish and she shouldn't be divorced. That was Rabbi Kiva's second challenge. Where it says of but one second. According to Rabbi Akiva, second challenge, how did he interpret the Machlokas? Um, again, if it was in the case of Almanas, where he says, Almanas, that you don't marry that Kohen, turning to Pegimum and Beis. So Rashi speaks out like this. If the case was Almanas, Shalotinasi, so what would come out is like this. He said, I'm divorcing you on condition you don't marry that Kohen. Marry that Kohen. Which means when he divorces her, there is some effect that the divorce has regarding that Kohen. She's no longer an Ashes Ish regarding Znus. She can't marry him, that would undo the get. But regarding Znus, she's not an Ashes Ish anymore. So says Rashi, if that comes out true, it's logical why she should be considered a Grusha regarding the Kohen. Because an element of this divorce does have impact regarding the Kohen. Whereas regarding the rest of the people, the fact that she's an Ashes Ish regarding the Kohen, who says you can apply that? She has nothing to do with Ashes Ish status regarding the rest of the people. So your Kalvachomer falls through if you understand that Rabbi Yezer's position is held by the case of Almanah. But if, he, but if he dies and she marries him, it doesn't matter, right? If the husband dies? Husband dies, yeah. she marries him. Yeah. It negates all of that. Well, she's an almana. She's a widow. Yeah. No, no, you're right. But we yeah. would still say whether she's prohibited because we apply the Grusha status to everyone else to her as well. From everyone else to the Kohen as well. Okay, so in the co- situation of the Kohen, they, they, he yeah. loses both ways. Exactly. He, he's the big loser. Exactly. Okay. So it can't be Almanas. It must be Rabbi Akiva's challenging Rabbi Yezer from the case of Chutz. And in the case of Chutz, actually, would emerge, you could make such a Kalvachomer. If she's prohibited to the Kohen because she's a Grusha regarding everyone else, certainly she'll be prohibited to everyone else because she's an Ashes Ish regarding the Kohen. So it must be this get is not effective. That's Rabbi Akiva's second challenge. But the Gemara notes now an apparent inconsistency. In the first challenge, we said Rabbi Akiva must have understood. <coughs> Rebeliezer's position is in a case of Almanas. In the second challenge, it comes out, it's in a case of Chutz. Which position did you hold, like the Mishnah or the Brisa? So asks the Gemara, if you hold Chutz, meaning if you hold, like the second version, like your second challenge, that the debate, Rebeliezer and the Rabban was the case of Chutz, so Los of Chutz, ask on the case of Chutz, like your second challenge. The Almanas, and if you held that Rebbeleazer's position is upheld in the case of Almanas, as is evidenced by the first challenge, so Los of Almanas, ask on the case of Almanas. Where answers Rabbi Akiva Akiva understood that there were two versions. We had the Mishnah's version, we had the Brisa's version. Our Mishnah held the Machlokas was in a case of Chutz. The Brisa Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda held it was in a case of Almanas. He said like this: According to the Mishnah, who said that Machlokas was in a case of Chutz, this would be the challenge, which is the second challenge. And according to the Brisa that said it's a case of Almanas, would be the first challenge. Beautiful.
So now the Gemara wonders, well, my Pircha, but we said in the Brisa that uh, the, after the Brisa we said, Rava said there's a refutation to all of them besides Rav and Azari, which means including Rabbi Akiva. So what is the refutation to this argument, this Kalvachomer, which would make the get ineffective regarding everyone else? If you'll say, maybe you'll say like this. The argument against Rabbi Akiva is to say, even though she's an Aishas Ish regarding the Kohen, meaning even though it's true, sorry, even though it's true that if she's divorced, she becomes usher to the Kohen, even though she wasn't prohibited to him directly, you can't necessarily say the other way, that her prohibition of Aishas Ish to the Kohen can be applied to others. Why can't you say that? Because maybe you'll say, Isr Shani that the prohibitory, prohibitory law of Kohanim is different than regular people. Mm-hmm. Generally, we're machmir, we're chamor, we're very strict with Kohanim, so maybe you can't apply it the other way too. The problem is, if you remember, back on Pei Beis and Beis, we brought Rabbi Yochanan and understood where does Rabbi Yezer get his position such a get could be effective when you leave people out? It's learned from Kohanim. We said, Isha grushame Isha, Woman is divorced from her husband. She's not even permitted to others. She's already prohibited in Kohanim. Well, if she's prohibited in Kohanim, Istama the gets also effective. So he derives it from Kahuna. So the Gemara says that can't be the question. So the Gemara says that's not Harabez Namir Mr. Kahuna Kamaisile. The Gemara answers that's not a problem because there was another source for Eliezer there, and Rava, who's saying Rabbi Akiva's position is refuted, must have held like the other source. Rava, Rava must have learned like Rabbiane, who learned from the words Ish Acher, which was an alternative source, and he did not learn such a get according to Eliezer as effective from Kahuna, and therefore the distinction would actually be, which is why. Rabbi Akiva's second challenge is not valid, that there's a distinction between Kohanim, which were more machmir, and general people that were not as machmir. Okay, that was the complicated part of the day. Now we get to the easier part. Amr lehen Rabbi Yeshua, right now this is the, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua says like this, Rabbi Yeshua says, Ein meshivin misa. So we said in the Brisa, Rabbi Yeshua said, you can't challenge the lion after death, which we understood, Rashi explains, maybe if Rabbi Eliezer would be here to defend his position, he would. So you can't ask questions. Gemara says, wait a second. Lemaimer, this would imply Rabbi Yeshua kavase sfirle. It sounds like Rabbi Yeshua holds like Rabbi Yezer. So he's saying, don't challenge because I hold like him. We're about to show later that Rabbi Yeshua himself has a challenge against Rabbi Yezer. But if he does, then why is he saying, don't challenge him? So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Yeshua is telling the other rabbis as follows. I also have a logical disti- uh, argument against Rabbi Yezer. But according to me, or both according to me and you, even if you have a logical challenge, you can't challenge somebody when they're not there to defend themselves. So therefore, we shouldn't be asking. So Gemara says, What is indeed the question that Rabbi Yeshua had against Rabbi Yezer? As the Bryce explains, The Psukim equate her status before she married the first fellow to, fall, to the status before she marries the second fellow, meaning after divorce before she marries the second fellow. Rashi explains because the Pasuk says, when a man takes a woman, which means that before he takes her, she's considered single. And also the second marriage, which is she goes, she marries somebody else. It equates her status. They have to be the same. 
Just as before she marries the first fellow, she's totally disconnected from any man. She can't be connected to any man before she marries the second one, i.e., so as to say, she has to be disconnected from her husband. So this was Rabbi Yeshua's challenge. Even though I had such a challenge against Rabbi Yezer, we can't ask because he's not here to defend his position, so we might as well not ask. Okay. Let's move on to the third section of the day now. Gufa. We quoted this above. What Rabbi Yezer ben Megarish Yishter, Rabbi Yezer would agree, if someone divorces his wife, Amrlan, he says to her, you're permitted to everyone besides for one person. If she married someone else, not that fellow, but someone else, and then she was widowed or divorced from that second husband, what happens now is the second marriage disconnected her from the first marriage, and now as a third marriage, she can actually go marry that fellow that the first get would have precluded her from marrying. So on this, challenged this position of Rebbe Yezer to say she can marry that fellow after the second marriage. Heichan Matzinu, very interesting question. Where do we find Shezeoser, that one person prohibits someone, Vizematir, and someone else permits? Because that's what's illustrated here. Mm-hmm. The get prohibited her from that, that man, that Reuven. Mm-hmm. Her marriage to the second husband negated. negated it. How could it be? One person creates the Isser, the other one permits the Isser. Ah, it's going to be one of the kashas. Yeah. So the Gemara says, Velo, they're going to go through a series of pirchas now. Is it not true? Do we not find that one person can prohibit, the other one permits? Vahare Yevama, think about a Yevama. Debal Oser, Yevama, the husband who marries her originally creates an Isser of Eshesish, the Yavamatir. If he dies, who permits her through Chalitza? The Yavam, the brother-in-law. So you do find such a dichotomy, such a, such a concept. So the Gemara says that's not a proof because Hasam, Yavam hu ka'asrla, the Yavam is the one that actually creates the Isser. Di'imi Baal, because if you only had the husband alone and there was no brother-in-law, Hashar Yavakaima, she'd be completely permitted. Meaning it's true, the original marriage creates the original Isser, the original prohibition. But it's only because there's a Yavam, there's continued Isser, so he can prohibit and he can permit. So the Gemara says, but wait, Harei Nedarim, exactly what you just said. When it comes to Nedarim, Denoder Oser, if I make a Neder, I prohibit something on myself. V'chacham Matir, but I can go to a Chacham and he permits the Neder. So you see, one person creates Isser, the other creates the Heter. So what's your challenge, Rishim Rabbi Lazar? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan, klum, No, because Rabbi Yochanan said, a Chacham, very interesting, understanding the law of Nedarim, he doesn't permit anything on his own. He only permits with Charata. Charata means you have regret and you say, I wouldn't have made this, which means from the beginning it didn't exist. So really there was no Isser in the first place. So therefore it's not that you're making the Isser, he's permitting the Isser. He's making it that this never existed because you wouldn't have wanted it to exist in the first place. A situation where a husband negates the wife. That's the next step. Hold on. Yeah. on the today. So the Gemara says, "Wait a second. The husband has the ability to negate the nedarim of his wife. To oderes, a woman makes the nedar of Mefer, and the husband negates it. And the that's not working retroactive. So the Gemara says, "Yeah, that's also why." Whenever a woman makes a neder, there's an assumption she makes it with the agreement of her husband. She understands, I'm only making it if my husband wants it to exist, which means to say that when she makes this neder, it's like he's creating the isser to a degree, and he's permitting the isser also by removing it. Yeah, but I, but I, thought, I thought the rule was that he has like a, like 
the day mm-hmm. when he finds out about mm-hmm. it. So how is that? Affected? But in psychology, the Gemara is saying the reason is that he's allowed to permit it is because it's made that when she's saying it, it's as if she's thinking to herself, I'm making this if my husband agrees. Yeah, but they brought up cases where, like, were things that, like, the husband would not want, like, like Yeah, and that's why he could refuse. But, okay, you're right, there is a time frame. You're right, there is a time frame. But the point is, his ability to be Mayfair is predicated on the fact that she wants this nether to take effect only if her husband wants it. So, therefore, it's not one person creating uh, okay. Isser, the assume, other one. She doesn't assume he wants it. It's, it's not a separate position. Okay. Exactly, exactly. So, therefore, also there we say <laughs> that uh, it, it's not considered one person prohibiting, the other person mm-hmm. permitting. Right. Uh, one second. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fine. So we explained the three positions that we refuted. We explained this new challenge. That's the end of the third section. Let's move on to the fourth section now. Because let's get to the one piracha, the one challenge against Rebbe Yezer that was actually upheld. So then Rebbe Yezer ben Azariah v'amar, Rebbe Yezer ben Azariah challenged Rebbe Eliezer, and he said, Krisus, he said, Davar akaris ben olaveinar. The Bryce has said that the Torah tells us it has to be a document of separation, a full separation, and this is not a full separation because she's still prohibited to someone else by virtue of the kedushin of the first fellow. This is not considered separation. Now, the Gemara wonders. That's how Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah interprets the verse. Krisis. Krisis means a full separation. She can't be prohibited to another man by virtue of the original marriage. But the other three rabbis in the Brisa don't interpret the verse that way because they learn other arguments on, on Rabbi Eliezer. So if Rabbanan hai krisis mayavdile, according to the other rabbis, what do they learn from the Pazik of Krisis? The Gemara Kedushin is going to teach us this as well, I believe. Yeah. They use it for the following brisa. The brisa teaches us, If he gives a get to his wife and he says, this is your get on condition you don't drink wine. Now, this may or may not be effective depending on the extent of this uh, condition. If he says, or you're never going to go to your father's house. So if he says, if he says forever, that's not krisis. That's not considered a get. Why is it not a get? Because essentially what he's saying is, until you die, you can't do these things because of me. Well, that's not considered a separation. That's excluded from the case of Chris, from the words Croesus. But Shloshim Yom, if he says for 30 days, I raise a Croesus, because then he's not limiting it forever. He's just saying for a short time she could fulfill the condition, and then she'd be considered divorced. So says the Gemara, in that case, the Ravana would say, Croesus teaches us if he makes a condition like that for a limited amount of time, it'd be effective. But Croesus teaches us if he makes a condition that binds her to him forever, it wouldn't be considered well, effective. You know, it's like the messenger, like, you know, do this to my wife in 30 days. It's similar Similar idea. You just need to fulfill the condition. In theory, she's a shliach to her own get. Exactly. But the point, but the point would be is in in, in regards to the other in the other case, meaning where he says you're permitted to everyone besides for him, that wouldn't be effective yeah. according to the rabbis at yeah. all. Yeah. The Dharm, we yeah. Did this too, like with the he did go through this. We went through this so again. We went through this. Yeah. How does he know that halacha? That if it's limited time period, it would be effective. Not limited with such conditions, it wouldn't be effective. So he learns that from the Vav Saf, because the Torah could have said, say for Kares, a document of separation. The Vav Saf teaches both halachas. The Idach and the Rabbanan say back, Kares, Krisis, Darshi. They don't expound the Vav Saf, they don't hold this extra to Darshan, and therefore you don't have a challenge. Now, based on this introduction, Rava introduce, me, introduces a similar halacha. Amar Rava, 
Um, now we're going to challenge this statement in a moment. But Rava says, if he gives a get to his wife and he says, this is your get on condition, you don't drink wine all the days of my life. I mean, husband. It's not effective. Pashtus is because she she's bound to him as long as he lives. We'll see, it's not so simple. But But if he says, as long as... Such a, uh, someone else lives, someone else, not her, but someone else, Hareza Krisis, it would be effective. So the more right, I doesn't understand Rava. What's the reason when it's bound on someone else it is effective? Because that fellow could die before she dies, and then it won't be her entire life, so it's not it's not ad infinitum. So nami, but then the same thing should be with the husband. If he says all the days of my life, maybe he'll die first, so why is it not effective? He might die and then she'll be able to drink wine. So El the Gemara says, Ema, you have to reinterpret Rava's words. It means, Kol Yemei If he says, all the days of your life to the woman, Ein Zekrisis, that's not effective. Because the only thing that breaks that condition is her death, which means it's all her days. Kol Yemei O Ploni, whether he says, all the days of my life or someone else's life, Harei Zekrisis, it would actually be effective. Would it be a widow instead of a divorcee? In the case of what? When he dies? Well, it works retroactive, Lachara. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to say it works retroactive. You're right. Why couldn't she technically sit, violate it, and then, and then one day it just all gets wiped out? Because you're not allowed to sin in the current state. But she says she can't drink wine, right? No, but you're right. I think you're right. I think she would be allowed to remarry. I think she would be allowed to remarry. So if she remarries, then... Like, just don't drink wine. Don't drink wine. If it's 30 days. Let's say 30 days. 30 days is yeah. different. But yeah, yeah just don't drink wine. Yeah, yeah. Now let's finish off with this. So Rav asks Rav Nachman the following question. So the guy gets very creative, and he gives her a get, and he says, Hayom iat ishti. Today you're not my wife. Today you're divorced. Ulamachar at ishti. And tomorrow you'll be my wife. So what he's trying to do here is very strange, but he's he wants a break. Okay. I guess, he, you know, <laughs> I don't know what they call that in English, but he wants a break. So he gives her a get, and he says, Today you're divorced, but tomorrow we're back on. Not not a new kedushin, just yeah. tomorrow. It's a pause. Yeah. Mao, what's the halacha? Tibayel the Rabbiyazer, Tibayel the Rabbanan. We want to know is this type of a get effective both in Rabbiyazer's shita and the Rabbanan? Tibayel the Rabbiyazer. It'll be a question. The position Rabbiyazer at kan lok amr Rabbiyazer hasam. Maybe Rabbiyazer only says when you leave out a person from the get. Ela delaman de kashari because the people that she's permitted to kashari laolam she's permitted indefinitely to. There's no distinction. She's permitted to those people indefinitely. But here, he's permitting her to some people, to those people, but not indefinitely, so maybe it's not effective. Maybe there's no difference. Just as when he permits her to some people, it's effective. So when he permits her for some time, it's also effective. Now, we also ask the question, the Rabbanon, Maybe the only savor there that it's not effective when he permits her to summon not others, because he never separated himself from her entirely, because she's still connected regarding the others who are not uh, permitted to her. But in this case, maybe once she's divorced, she's considered divorced, which means we would look at it as she's divorced, it doesn't come back the next day. She's divorced, and that's that. So the says, After he asked the Shaila, 
Rava resolved it, and he said, turning to Pedalim with Aleph, Mistavra, it's logical, once he separates her, she's separated, meaning that it's divorced, it's effective, and nonetheless, it's not going to go back on tomorrow, which means once she's separated, she's disconnected, and she is considered divorced. All right, we'll stop here at the top of Pedalim with Aleph. Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Daf Pedalim. Everyone have a great day.